Futuramic design means styling with a purpose. Introducing the all-new Hoverboard, the scooter of the future. Sharper Image Wheelie Razor is the hottest thing on two wheels. Now, what does it do? This is the world's first self-balancing human transport. Electric scooters speeding down roads and sidewalks. San Francisco streets bustle with activity. Cars, walkers, bicyclists, and now scooters, all sharing the same roadways. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rider Guide podcast. Uh, I'm Paul Somerville, and I'm uh, joined by Mitchell Anderson today. How's it going? Thanks for having me. And uh, we're breaking the breaking the pattern a little bit today. It's just going to be it's Mitchell and I. We're gonna um, we're gonna talk about testing scooters, and you know the boss isn't here, so we're gonna cut loose a little bit and just you know probably say a few things we shouldn't. Like you should stick around for this one. This is gonna be an interesting podcast, and it's gonna get into the like the nuts and bolts of scooter testing and some of the best and like worst things that have happened to us while testing. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, this this is fun because uh, me and Paul, you know, we're in the office together and we're constantly testing scooters. And so it's a lot of this is kind of what we do every day is That's talk true. scooters. <laughs> this so is this just feels- like our normal. We're, we're letting you in on our like normal office conversations here. It's like, dude, what was like the gnarliest this <laughs> and that, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's fun. yeah, lots of lots of fun, uh, lots of fun topics and lots of uh, interesting things to talk about for sure. Yeah. So, so I think you had the first question. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to, for the for the viewers, kind of talk through our testing process because if you've seen our videos, you know that we have a lot of data connected to the to the videos, and we kind of have a testing process that we use. So I was just I just figured that Paul, you could kind of tell the viewers about what our testing process is and kind of where that process came from. Yeah, so that's a great one. I mean, that's that all started with yeah with Chuck and Justin, the the founders of Electric Scooter Guide. You know, that was who we were before we became Rider Guide. And um, you know, they're very analytical guys. Um, you know, Justin has a PhD, and so like our testing procedures and processes and equipment is like pretty hardcore, like scientific grade stuff. And um, and they wanted to cover everything. You know, the sorts of things like the car magazines have always covered uh, when it comes to testing. And so. You know, we've got, um, you know, we, we do our, we have all of our stats and it's something that really kind of set, um, set us apart a bit from the other channels out there is that, is that we do this testing and we do it the same way every time on every scooter. And so every performance number that we report is not the one from the spec sheet, but like, you know, the, the real deal top speed, um, and all that. So, uh, first I'll just list off, you know, what we test. And so we do, um, Gosh, I'll do it in the order that I actually do it when I'm when I'm testing. So we do top speed, and um, and then we do, um, of course, part of that is then we go back and extract sort of the acceleration number, zero to fifteen, zero to thirty. It is you know every five miles per hour up until it stops going, um, zero to forty if it's available, um, and then uh, we'll do. Uh, so they will generally recharge the scooter and then I'll go do, you know, we'll, we'll do hill climb, which is a 10% grade hill. It's basically a 200 foot long run uh, and it rises 20 feet uh, during that run. And we start from a dead stop and then we just measure, you know, how long does it take? But we also get like the average speed, peak speed, all those things. Um, and then, um, and then let's see, there's the. I don't know. Did I mention braking? Yeah, so we do braking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do this is not like we draw a couple chalk lines on the ground. I mean, this is a very, um, you know, high end. It's beyond GPS because it like interpolates in between the GPS signals like 20 times a second. Uh, so we can get really, really um, precise braking numbers. And then uh, the last one and the big one and the hard one that we do is <clears throat> is a range test. 
and that's the same, you know, same range test course. We're actually still using the same one back in Berkeley, even though we've moved to Oakland. Uh, so everything's tested on the same range test course, top performance mode, uh, and it's very hilly. It goes up 91 feet, goes down 91 feet every lap, and it's 1.6 miles. And so just, yeah, it's uh, very rigorous and uh and uh yeah and so then we just come back and analyze it all the one of the things is really different our top speed numbers are almost always lower than everybody else's top speed numbers and the reason is is that we do uh it's flat ground we do we do the highest average speed that we can sustain for five seconds or more in two different directions and so just yesterday was a great example i was testing the roadrunner uh v2 and i i got like 30 37 miles an hour in one direction and like 31 or 32 in the other direction, 32 in the other direction. So a five mile an hour split. So if I'd only done one direction, it would have been five miles per hour different than if, you know, than, than, than doing it the other direction. And I could have reported either one if we did a one direction run, but we do it at, you know, two directions, average them together. And then, you know, we came out with exactly the same speed that we got last time that we did the road and it was a windy day but it it cancels out and it just works uh and it's just it gives us really consistent results so um, yeah and you always talk about how you like to start with the top speed test uh why do you always start with the top speed test that's a great question and i only really realized that recently like that that was such a good idea we always start with the top speed test because it's so revealing that is the one number that's going to show us we have a problem and and that usually comes up if we have something that's like a you know it's a prototype scooter or a pre-production scooter we'll get it out there and like the folks that manufacture will say oh it goes 45 miles an hour and i go out and it goes 37 and like i i air up the tires i set all the p settings i downloaded this firmware 37 37 37 and that's when we know oops oh wait that's you know something changed and so i always try to do that even if if i can like a week before i do the rest of the testing just to give us a chance to to figure out if if something's going wrong or something's not expected so yeah yeah that the the whole testing process um i came from arcanine rides obviously and the whole testing process is something that like i knew you guys did tests and i'd watched your videos but i never realized how rigorous it was and how scientific it was until you showed me you know the, the, those race logic v boxes that we use and mm-hmm. you showed me the the program that we use and so it's been really cool to see that it is actual your guys's data it's not you're not drawing from anywhere else it's data that you have gone out and gathered and grabbed and are telling the viewers about yeah Oh, and speaking of Arcanine, I meant to mention that at the beginning. Those of you who recognize Mitchell's voice uh, and, and name uh, from another channel are, are correct. I mean, uh, so we grabbed Mitchell, uh, I want to say from Arcanine Rides, but much to the relief of his audience, Arcanine Rides still exists as a channel. But we've got Mitchell here full time. He's like a permanent part of Rider Guide, and it means that we're going to get the we're going to like test almost twice as many scooters. It's almost twice as many because it was like unsustainable how many scooters I was trying to test to keep up. <laughs> we really, really needed Mitchell here. And we're so, you know, I'm just like, we're all so stoked that he's here. And and now it's just amazing. Like, you know, there's so many scooters we want to test. There's always more than we can possibly do. And, and now we just get to do so much more. And we're just like, it's so exciting um, to, uh, to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. And it's been super cool. Like, uh, just having you, Paul, like your insight and your background in scooters. And that was something that really impressed me. And one of the things that brought me on board was your knowledge and how passionate you obviously are about it. And I don't know if that always comes across on 
the scripted videos and like this more unscripted setting i think is a good way to like show how passionate you are about it, it you know it, it's true because you can't tell if somebody's like a talking head or if they're, you know, like they really know anything about it. I mean, sometimes you, people see me bust out the wrenches and they can kind of tell that, like, you know, I'm kind of into the scooters. But uh, but it's true when you're just when you're scripted, it's sometimes it doesn't come. You know, it can it can feel less authentic, uh, even though, you know, I write, you know, every word that I'm saying. Um, but uh, let's get into some of the weird stuff. So uh, what was like the weirdest thing that ever happened while while testing? Uh, did you have any like you know, animal encounters or near near misses with cars? And, you know, yeah, my so Arcanine rides. The process was a lot less scientific. It was mostly mm-hmm. just spending a lot of time on the scooter and getting a more general feel for it. But um, I do have a couple uh, like a couple of I posted videos about where uh, one I one, I didn't see a curb while I was riding at night. I was riding the Cabo Mantis at night, and I thought it—I thought it was—I was trying to ride up onto the sidewalk, and I thought it had one of those little ramps. It didn't, and I realized it too late, and I jumped off the scooter or whatever. And luckily, it—it it, it wasn't a bad crash. Um, but it's funny because the scooter really didn't get damaged either, but people will still look at that video and go, oh, well, that's the reason why your Cabo Mantis was having issues. Mm. Like, no, that's, that's not it. But that was kind of a funny experience. And yeah. then also almost hitting a deer at night. Both of my weird encounters oh, were wow. at night. I was riding a trail, um, up in the mountains. Uh, when I was living in Utah, we, we lived up, we lived up on the side of a mountain basically. And there's a trail that I would ride. And a deer jumped out in front of me, made like wow. less than five feet in front of me. It scared me so bad. I like heart was pumping, adrenaline rush. So, yeah, some funny, some funny experiences. But uh, nothing definitely, quite like de- what you definitely had. Definitely not a problem. Yeah, as you say, definitely not a problem we have in Oakland with with deer <laughs> jumping out in in the in, in front of us. But there is another. There's a different problem we, that we had in Oakland, and that's the, of course going to be my story. But I actually, I remember the thing I was going to say earlier, which was that when we uh, one of the other great things about having Mitchell here, aside from getting to test a ton of scooters, is that there are times when I'm testing something and I'm just like. Am I crazy? Is it like, is this scooter this way? Because it's, there's something going on that like, it really seems counterintuitive or whatever. And it's so awesome having another expert, you know, an absolute expert who really knows the scooters from the ground up to like kind of sanity check with. Um, because, you know, in the past, Chuck and I could do that. And now with Mitchell here, we're able to do that. And so like, um, you know, yeah, Mitchell is like, you know, he's, he's, um, an absolute expert in his own, you know, like, and we come to it from different directions. Um, he comes to it for like, you know, this genuine like consumer side of things from you know, having purchased scooters and suffered through flat tires and things. And I come from like, you know, line, like motorcycle racing and, you know, having run, you know, repair warehouses at Lime and, and then now being here for a while. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's really, really fun comparing notes on things. But yes, so the strangest thing, um, and so you definitely the strangest thing that uh, weirdest thing that ever happened to me was was nearly getting scooter jacked, and um, and I was I was riding, I was filming, and I kind of knew I was taking a risk. You know, I'm hanging up, so I've got the 360 camera, and it's out on a big stick, and I'm riding in a bad neighborhood, and I'm thinking to myself, ah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. You know, I'm like dangling hundreds of dollars on the end of a stick in a bad neighborhood. It's like, what do I think is going to happen? Sure enough, uh, somebody comes along in a car, and we have this. This shows up in the two switch video. If, if anybody's curious, go watch that video, and you'll you'll find it in there. Um, and uh, somebody comes up behind me, and I don't see them coming because you know, I don't have rear view mirrors on. And uh, 
climbs out the window up to their waist and then shoves me as hard as they can trying to knock me off the scooter. And I don't know if because the two swift is sort of self-correcting, it's a, it's a scooter that you ride standing up without handlebars and it, it'll self steer if you lean it. And so I think it, Oh no, there goes my camera. Yeah. So this guy pulls up and, um, I didn't see him coming and he, he, he comes in like hangs like halfway out the window and then just shoves me as hard as he can to try to knock me off. Uh, off the scooter presumably to get the camera the 360 camera that i'm dangling on the end of a like on the end of a, like a three foot long stick and uh, and at first i just think okay these are just somebody just hates scooters and they're you know they're kind of punking me and so i like i actually throttled up to to try to like go after them because i was mad at them and then i and then i like thought about it for a second and realized oh wait that's a really bad idea and then so i kind of like chilled out and and slowed down a little bit and didn't even notice they had pulled off and they circled around again and of course i didn't see him coming the second time either he comes up and just punches me in the arm we got video that of that too he just like makes contact with my arm here trying to knock the camera like out of my arm at this point he's probably realizing that he's on on film and uh, which they were we got their license plate number and and the guy's face and and everything and and, uh, submitted a police report but of course you know probably nothing will come from that we'll see um but yeah that was that was pretty crazy but at that point then i was like are they gonna come back a third time and so uh, at that point then i just started like they like took another left like maybe they're gonna circle around again and i just started like cutting through neighborhoods just like left right left right trying to get you know back to base as fast as i can and uh and that's why we do the range test back in berkeley now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's sketchy i mean i remember that day and i remember i i mean i wasn't even part of it and my blood was boiling i was like let's go find this guy like how dare you do that to paul like i was man i I felt for you really really hard that that's that's like the worst thing. That's like worst case scenario. That's like the worst thing that you could you could go through while you're out just cruising. Yeah, it, that really got to me too. Because I don't. I mean, I've been you know I've been through a lot of crashes and all kinds of crazy things. That I just didn't think that would get to me. But it really like it was. Uh, it's, it's surprising like how you know how it kind of sticks stays with you for a little while. Um, yeah, but, for uh, sure. So that was like the, the kind of the weirdest thing. But how about um, how about biggest fail or biggest fall or both? <laughs> uh, in terms of like scooter fail yeah um the only time i've ever fallen on a scooter besides the like bailing out on my mantis like i said mm-hmm. earlier was the high boy titan mm-hmm. suspension's not really great on that scooter and i just missed a pothole and it it just i just wasn't ready for it and the handlebars are so low on that scooter that i'm way over the front wheel and it the scooter just disappeared from under me i was like i was holding the handlebars and all of a sudden the scooter's flying underneath me behind me when it hit the pothole and i that was the hardest crash i've ever been in how fast were you going 20 25 um i normally don't wear a full face for scooters Mm -hmm. that only go 20 or 25 and i just that day decided to wear a full face and if i wasn't wearing a full face i would have got it fully in the jaw um smacked the front of my full face helmet super hard and as people as people often mention on your channel um they'll give you crap about not wearing gloves were you wearing gloves (laughs) (laughs) i was that was the other thing Uh i wore gloves and a full face on a scooter that probably didn't need it and i i 
I know I should have been a little bit more prepared and probably had my knees more bent, but it definitely was a case of the handlebars being obnoxiously low, like probably two or three inches mm -hmm. lower than I've ever seen any other handlebars. And uh, I ended up replacing them with ones that, with handlebars that rose up a couple inches. But mm -hmm. yeah, that was, my weight was just not positioned properly at all. Mm. That's it's so. great. Yeah, I didn't realize you had, you had tested that scooter. It's one I've been kind of curious about because that suspension does, I'm like, oh, it looks like a, you know, pretty decent, you know, amount of suspension on a fairly inexpensive scooter. So it's interesting to know that it actually looks pretty good, but it's not. I didn't great. even know it had suspension until I posted my first impressions and the comments were like, it has suspension. And I was like, wow, I couldn't tell. <laughs> but that's one that's got like swing arms with like round things at the end, right? Is that? Yeah. 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 Wow. I it think just, it's just, just like even rubber, moving, right? Yeah. Like I finally filmed it and like yeah. jumped as hard as I could on it and it moved, you know, <laughs> half an inch or whatever. Some so, of the bigger but, dual uh, 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 dualtrons, the, like the Storm, some of the bigger dualtrons are kind of strike me that way too. And it's like I love the smaller ones, like the the um, the Dualtron Luxury uh, or Victor Luxury, um, and the Eagle uh, Eagle Pro. Both are like really cushy, really nice for my weight. Uh, but the really big ones, uh, I just feel like yeah, it's it's one of those things like you're not really taking advantage of the suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's just for so, sure, so stiff. Yeah, yeah the, those Dualtrons, it feels like they have to, like, break in a little bit since they have, like, those cartridges mm -hmm. or whatever. Because my, my Victor came very stiff, mm. and it's gotten better over time. Yeah. So. And I feel like the Victors are still in the zone, but some of the really big ones, I feel like, or even once they break in, are going to still be, for my weight anyway, you're going to be pretty stiff mm. on, you know, 165 pounds. But then, yeah. uh, so can you talk about, I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you want to identify them, but, like, you had one <laughs> scooter that, like, you basically refused to review, uh... It, yeah it, so it was such a fail i probably could mention them but just to be safe i won't um <laughs> it's named after a major oil company How about let's that? just say yeah it's a major <laughs> oil company and uh yeah so they sent me a scooter it's clearly just uh just like they just slapped their name on yeah. on a scooter that they had no part in designing and uh that thing so it went so i did so i charged to the full went to do the range test and it, at two miles the thing just shut off and I thought, okay, is there an issue with it? And it must've been, I, I'm not, I don't know a ton about the tech, but I assume the BMS or whatever was detecting that the battery was dead mm -hmm. because it was while I was trying to go up a hill and it just kept shutting off while I was trying to go up a hill. And even after I would like turn it on and finish the range test, it only got like four miles of range. It failed my hill test. Like it was one of those things. And so I reached out to them. I said, look, this is the worst scooter I've ever reviewed. Do you want me to post a review? Because I don't want to spend my time with this scooter. No one's going to be interested in this. It's not going to sell any units. And they were just like, oh, thanks for the info. Like, no, that's okay. And uh, now you can't even find the scooter anymore. Yeah. So I, I think they completely scrapped it. They got enough feedback about how, how bad it was. Yeah. So oh, that was funny. What about you, Paul? What What's your biggest biggest fail i'm gonna go with you know i don't really have a lot of scooter fails i'm gonna go with biggest fall though and that was it was fairly early on i'd only been um you know just joined electric scooter guide uh you know a few months prior and i was testing the original you know the wolf king not the wolf king gt or gt pro which is a sine wave uh, motor controllers and a thumb throttle but this is the old one it was 72 volts still with it but it had a trigger throttle and it was like they just like 
basically unleashed all this power, but no finesse at all. I mean, this thing was just super abrupt. And, you know, for performance testing, I always set the, even if it feels kind of ridiculous to ride, I will set the, the piece settings as high as, as high as they will go. Cause I want to know what's the maximum performance you can get out of this thing. But I called it like, I called it like kill mode because it was just like so twitchy and just like so instant, the power. And so I had it in kill mode or whatever. And I felt like I got kind of overconfident. I was like, had just finished all my testing for, for that afternoon. And I was feeling really good about this scooter. I, I thought, oh yeah, I've got this thing tamed. I, I know how to ride this. And, um, and so I'm riding it back from testing and riding it one handed. I reach up to turn off the GoPro and I realize, oh, I'm riding one handed. Oh, this is so great. Like I don't usually ride scooters one handed. Let's see what it's like to ride one handed. And then I touch the throttle in the problem with a feed, a, a, a trigger throttle. It's abrupt on an abrupt scooter like that is you get this feedback loop. You pull the, the throttle a little bit and then you, it, your body yanks backwards and pulls more throttle, which yanks you backwards more and pulls more throttle. So I just went to full throttle one handed and just spit the scooter out from underneath me and basically pivoted my whole body. Like my feet just spun, you know, it, it was my head spun down, my feet spun up and I just, everything pivoted about my midsection. I happened to, I didn't have the GoPro on of course, but I had, I had the data logger going and my head, I think my head got close to like a hundred miles an hour or something by the time I hit the ground. It was like some ridiculous, I, I have it, oh. the data, but some ridiculous number of miles per hour in like a tiny fraction of a second because you're not, you know, you're just twisting, you're not accelerating your whole body. Um, and just slammed in the ground and I, I broke my wrist. Um, and the only time I've, uh, well, other than uh, racing motorcycle, I broke one little bone in my finger it was definitely is the worst, worst uh, injury that I've had, like worse than anything I did in mo- racing motorcycles in five and a half years of like racing motorcycles and winning a motorcycle road racing championship. Um, but, and here like, you know, electric scooter, I was going 15 miles an hour or less at the time. And, um, but just or at the time I touched the throttle and then, uh, I was so bummed because I hadn't done the top speed run yet. And this was going to be our probably fastest scooter in a long time. And so I got surgery, uh, about a week later and got my, you know, some titanium put into my rich wrist, which is still there. And Ooh. then I was dying to know how fast this thing went. And so days, literally days after I got the surgery, um, I waited till nobody was around the office because I knew they would like there would be objections, um, and I snuck out on the on the on the same scooter, <laughs> the, the same scooter that broke my wrist. I snuck out. I couldn't wear a glove on my right hand because it was all you know, in a cast and everything. And so I had a glove in my left hand and I went out and took the data and it was like, yeah, it was like the fastest scooter we had tested, uh, to date. And, um, and it was like, it was pretty exciting, uh, top speed run. And, uh, Dang. but yeah, that was, that was definitely the, the hardest fall. And since I wear like $400 gloves now, nice. <laughs> <laughs> they they have literally, they have can- kangaroo leather, titanium, um, cow leather, of course, uh, Kevlar, they have Nomex, uh, which is for heat, and they have actual um, stingray leather. The palms, that's the important part, is the palms made out of stingray leather. So when you hit the ground, they don't plant like my my hand planted and stopped. And stingray leather will, will hit and slide, and so you slide. don't break your wrist. And so mm. that's that's the, the thing there. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't learn my lesson. I wear <laughs> gloves less than ever now. <laughs> What's uh, what was the fastest scooter that you tested at uh, at RK9? Uh the Dualtron Storm, the original mm. one. Did, um Yeah, did, I had did, a down. Did you have to send that back or did they did they let you hang out on that? No, that was a viewer actually. Oh nice. Uh, there's yeah. a, there's a viewer that would just 
reach out and say, hey, I bought this scooter. Uh, so that's good. that's why I tested the the fluid mosquito as well. Yeah. I actually never posted a review of that, but I did mm-hmm. test the fluid mosquito mm-hmm. and the storm, and that I there's a downhill stretch that I would test scooters on sometimes, not not scientifically, but just mm-hmm. it was a really long, yeah. straight downhill stretch, and I got up to like six. I want to say sixty three displayed, so mm-hmm. like fifties, high fifties, yeah, probably. And that's the fastest I've ever gone. For- nice. Do you remember what kind of top speeds you could get on the Mosquito? Did you ever do that one? Yeah. I, 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 isn't it like 25 top speed? So we, we, I think we cracked 30 or like 29, eight or something like real close to right around 30. Gotcha. Ours, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just had a weekend with it. Yeah. Um, those, those like super lightweight scooters mm-hmm. aren't really me personally, they're not really scooters that like work for me. I feel mm-hmm. like they, I want something a little bit beefier. Um, and so I didn't really have strong feelings about it. Yeah. yeah it is a little weird going like going close to 30 miles an hour on like a soup, like just ultra lightweight, um, scooter yeah. like that. You just feel like you're like, you're just dangling in the air. Like there's nothing there with you. So, um, yeah, yeah. the wheels are so skinny too. It, yeah. It feels a little sketchy. I was, I remember I was riding on a bridge with it and like the, the slats in the bridge were kind of slick. And I remember mm. going, this is how I crash. It's like, I need to slow way down on this thing. Like, can't be doing 30 on those tiny wheels over the bridge. But, yeah, yeah what about you? What's, what's fastest scooter? Yeah, there are, so there are three, like, sort of fastest scooters that really that really stick with me. Um, and uh, the first was, like, the, the Wolf King GT, which is, you know, the sine wave version of the of the, the, Wolf, the original Wolf King. So the Wolf King GT did not break my wrist. Um, and that one went, you know, it was 61 miles an hour. That was a record holder for Electric Scooter Guide for ages, uh, for at least a year, maybe two years, um, at 61 miles per hour. And it was, it was, like, no steering damper. It was stable. It was, like, relatively easy to um, to ride. And um, so that was pretty amazing. Um and then the uh, the Dualtron X Limited came along finally and broke that record after like just for what seemed like forever. Uh, we got the X Limited and it went sixty one point seven miles per hour. Uh, we're going to retest that for um, when we do. We're going to do a, a, a yeah, maybe we shouldn't spill the beans. Uh, I'm going to test a bunch of fast scooters soon, and I'm going to retest <laughs> that one. Uh, there's one piece setting that that is only adjustable from the app and not from the scooter. And I didn't realize that at the time. And so I think that'll, ex- ex- I think that'll affect the acceleration. I don't expect it to actually affect top speed. Um, but I am going to retest it just to be, uh, just to be rigorous on that and, um, make sure it, it might've even been a firmware update that came out after we, we tested it. And then the other scooter that it's not even a scooter that, that, uh, stands out is the, the solar eclipse at 57.8 miles per hour. Um, I think the indicated speed was like way you know way higher than that but it was uh that was the easiest fast scooter ride i mean it's basically it's an electric motorcycle or e-moto um jumbo size e-bike what have you uh, but it looks like a dirt bike looks like a suron um you should go watch that video for sure that's a that's a great video we did an unboxing but like the the, the review video is amazing and at some point during the range during the top speed run i don't know if we catch it on camera i think we do i take both hands off the handlebars at basically top speed and it's fine i mean i'm not recommending anybody do that but it's like those big wheels it's just super super stable super easy by far the easiest fast scooter um i've ever ridden um yeah that eclipse is very very fun yeah i didn't get as much time on it as you but uh 
very very fun scooter or bike i really i really want to ride it some more i just haven't yeah haven't had a chance to since then (laughs) oh so i guess yeah the next one i was going to talk about gear a little bit so um uh so what so so you had your full face on that time but when you're out testing these days what's your what's your sort of typical gear that you wear for for standard testing of uh say mantis king gt that speed is like a 40 mile an hour scooter what would you wear yeah, I'm. I'm gonna put a disclaimer here. <laughs> don't do what Mitchell does. <laughs> don't do what I do. Um, but I, I mean, people are very. It, you read anywhere, Reddit, YouTube. They're very safety focused, and that's good. That's a good thing. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Me personally, I full face goggles for sure. Um, I I feel like a full face is by far the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, just I come from a mountain biking. Mm-hmm background and i've had enough crashes also mountain biking where i've gone over the bars and you hit that 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 chin guard and i feel like that is essential for anything over like 20 or 25 miles an hour um and then obviously i i'll sometimes wear gloves uh on the faster scooters i tend to unless it's a really hot day and that's literally just because i don't want my hands to get all clammy and sweaty and I also think that, and this, there's an argument to be made here, obviously, but I feel like not wearing gloves gives me a better feel of the scooter and better control of the throttle and of the brakes. And in a way, for me, feels safer. I feel more connected with the scooter. Um, and then just I try to wear jeans as much as possible and long sleeves if it's cool enough. But yeah, I, I, helmet's obviously the minimum, and I would recommend wearing whatever makes you feel comfortable. You know, they always say whatever dress for the fall not for the mm. ride or whatever the whatever the slogan just for is. the slide not the ride the slide like that. not yeah. the ride yeah 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 what about you paul you you got yeah. all the gear yeah, I wanted to point out to folks, when we make these videos, you'll see us on camera. You'll see actually snapshots of me now. We're doing more 360 footage, and in the 360, it's a little revealing because you'll see what I'm really wearing when I'm testing. In the regular footage, you see, like, we'll wear open face helmets and things like that because we want you to you know be able to sort of connect with us you know, and see our faces while you see who's riding, that kind of thing. So that's why we're out there in just, like, regular bike helmets a lot of the time. But when I'm actually testing, you know, I come from – a motorcycle background I, I will motorcycle commute here often and so i have all this gear i have like these ooh, i just bumped my computer i have like three different motorcycle riding suits that are, that are like they're called aero stitch suits so these like super burly they're made to crash at like 80 miles an hour and i own them already and so i'm like ah well, you know why not you know why not wear these uh, when i'm testing so i wear you know full face helmet racing motorcycle racing gloves and then like this full highway suit you know for which i feel ridiculous because I, I will i will wear it when i'm riding at like testing a 15 mile an hour scooter on a range test and my theory my my logic there is is this like you know if you ride enough you know something's going to happen and so i may as well do that now the time the only time it becomes a real is really bad is if i at the the all of our range tests, since you know we do these real range tests, they all end the same way, and that's pushing the scooters somewhere because uh, it's we ride them till they stop going, and so um, now that we're driving over to Berkeley, I just park my make sure to park at the bottom of a hill, so at least I'm walking downhill when it runs out. But um, in the past, uh, the office was uphill from the range test course, and so you could end up pushing a mile uphill on a hot day wearing a full riding suit, and that was not that was not so fun, but. But uh, that's the only real downside, I think, of that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. N- this is, next one's kind of a fun one. Is like, what range test uh, d- felt like it would never end for you? So, 
in since coming to Rider Guide, there really hasn't been any. And mm. prior to Rider Guide, I like with and currently with Arcanine, I I do my range test a little differently. I like to test minimum range, so mm. I try to ride as fast as I can for as short as I can. Mm. And uh, so that was. Did you do the storm? I didn't range test yeah, the storm. Yeah, because it wasn't yours. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so I just had it for a weekend, so I, yeah. I mostly just gave my thoughts about it after riding for a couple of days. So yeah. I honestly haven't had anything that goes further than like, um, I think I got 30 miles on the Roadrunner, mm-hmm. on the E-Move Roadrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go do that today, by the way. I'm going to do the Roadrunner V2 right after uh, right after we get done here. So nice. I don't know how far and, and I remember thinking, like, this is by far the longest range test I've had, but seated. I say, at least it gets it to was sit down. nice. Yeah. I actually really, I had a ton of fun on the Roadrunner. Like, the this one and the V2, I think, could use a little more suspension, like they did with the Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there were a couple uncomfortable parts, like over bumps and going up on curbs and stuff. But, like, overall, it was a very comfortable, enjoyable long ride. Now the good news is they did put the seat from the Pro on the V2 now, and so nice. so that's way way better. It's like a real it feels like a real dirt bike seat now. It has a really nice shape to it. It's like twice as much foam, and so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be I think that'll be okay. Um, I do remember that from the V1 V1 range test. I think I got about 35 miles, and uh, and you know no no rear suspension. And I did it twice actually because I wanted to try. I tried it again with five pounds less tire pressure, and it cost like 1.9 miles. Mm. Uh, but it was worth it, you know, for the for the ride comfort. A little bit of ride comfort, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, for, I know you've uh, tested a few very long distance scooters that you told me about. Yeah. What, what's your longest? Oh one? my gosh, the one that felt like it would never end was it was it was kind of teasing me a little bit because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It was the it was the Wolf King GT. The scooter keeps coming up here because it's just a scooter of extremes. But uh, I went 55 miles on it. And what was getting to me was when the battery said the battery meter is not very accurate on that one when you're counting down. I mean, it's it's fine at the end. It lets you know like before you run out of battery. But um, I got to like 40 miles and it was telling me I had 50% battery remaining. And I'm just like, no, I don't have, you know, that was like, I'm like two hours in. I'm like, I don't have two more hours of riding standing up in me today, please. And, but sure enough, like, uh, you know, 15 miles later, uh, less than an hour later, it was done at 55 miles. So that wasn't so bad. Then when I got to, I was really like kind of worried when I got to the X limited, the dual X limited, because I knew how big that battery is. It's just otherworldly how big that battery is. And, um, sure enough, it went 86.4 miles. I did that all in one go, like no, no lunch break, no bathroom break, just, just 86.4 miles standing up all at once, only stopping for stop signs and red lights. And, it was fine. It was like, I was tired, but like it was that they so cushy and you have so much room to move around. Um, <clears throat> and the throttles, you know, it was relatively easy. So it was just, it was just not, you know, it was not bad. I mean, I would go, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would, I would rather do that one again than, than do a 55 mile ride on most other scooters. So, so that was, yeah, it was really not bad. Nice. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, those those range tests, man, they can get they can get long. I there's there's have been a couple where I'm like uh like where the battery will say zero and then the scooter just keeps going and yeah. like that's good if you're a rider, but when you're range testing, you're like just stop. Just stop. It's time to be done. Like <laughs> Yeah. 
So do you remember any, any scooters coming up short where it was like, yeah, I got 25% battery and just conked out. Oh, for sure. Um, I've had one or two. I can't remember exactly which ones did that. Yeah, no, I've had that experience where I, cause I used to do the range test and I would try and get back to where I lived. So I didn't have to walk cause my wife would be at work mm. and I'm at home by myself. So I have no one to come pick me up if I'm five miles away from home or whatever. So I'm like, uh, let me try and get back. And there'd be times where, yeah, I would be like on the way back and it died. Oh, there was one where I had to walk at home. It was the Victor, the Dualtron mm-hmm. Victor, mm-hmm. the Victor, that one just died. Um, uh, I was trying to do an errand with it. So I was going to the DMV and back and I forgot mm-hmm. to charge it the night before. And I was like conserving battery and I was like, okay, I've got 20% left in like five miles or whatever. I was like, I can do this. Like, it can do it. And then all of a sudden it just went from like a mile later, it went from 20 to zero and I was like, and it died. And I was like, crap. So I, I spent, I did a two hour walk home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pushing the Dualtron wow. Victor. <laughs> that's rough. So the, um, that's fun. the scooter that's like the most opposite of that, I think is the, I don't know if you, you've probably never taken a new Nagi to the end of its, to the end of its range. Um, mm-hmm. but it's like that one has the best end of battery experience ever, which is like, it'll start beeping at you. It'll just be like, you know, it's beep to give you a little beep. I can't remember the exact sequence that it unfolds, but it's like this progression and it's very polite at the beginning. And then it starts getting a little more insistent and it'll be a beep, 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 beep. It's like no mistaking it as it goes down. And it really, it gives you like, it's probably over the course of like two and a half miles, three miles. I mean, so it's not like you're listening to this forever or it cuts in super early, but it's really, it is, I really feel like it does the best job of like really counting down the end for you. And it's like super accurate. Like when it finally gets to the like extreme alarm, whatever, it's just like, that's, you, you know, there's absolutely no surprise when that one, when that one shuts down on you. So nice. Yeah. Good. It's nice when it's nice and accurate. Yeah. But, uh, cool. Well, I think we've covered testing pretty well today. Um, can you think of anything else? No, I mean, that, yeah. that, that about sums it up. It's been fun, yeah. fun to talk about it a little bit and hopefully it gives the, the viewers a little bit of insight into how we approach it and that we're actually hands-on with these scooters constantly day in and day out. Yeah, that's the one thing I will, I will put in one, like I'm going to diss some other channels, for not by name real quick, but like not only do some other channels not test, I mean, I appreciate like not everybody's going to go like total textbook and just like go nuts and hardcore test these things, it's fine. Um, but like the, the ones I can't stand are the channels where, you know, they didn't even ride the scooter. It's like a hundred percent spec sheet review. And like, and the ones, the, the ones that like, especially when it's like, it's a completely voiceover and like, yeah, you never, you never ever see the face of the person who's reviewing it and you don't ever see them touch the scooter. And then, and then it's all stock footage. Like it's all like footage you can find in you know from the from the website of the manufacturer and and actually they'll take they'll take our footage um and and other other reviewers footage like mash My it together footage, and, then, yeah. and then yeah and then use it to compete with us on on youtube is so crazy so yeah um, see that with websites too there's so many yeah. it seems like there's so many websites where you're like who are these guys and they just use either uh rider guides data or they'll just mm-hmm. quote the manufacturer's data and they're, they're just trying to farm affiliate sales and clicks and yeah they're not actually doing any of the work yeah so and then yeah and then the specs like the spec sheet reviews like if you know most and most people know this but like if you go by the 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 spec range is is always maximum range it's 
we're, we're turning a corner a little bit. Segway's starting to report real rage, and, and others are starting to do that a little bit too. But it's, um, but you, typically the, the, the sort of the spec sheet number you'll get is, is maximum range, and uh, and so when you get those, when you hear those guys quoting, oh, and this will go this fast and you know this far, it's like no, no, <laughs> you're like going five miles an hour. Like and, who's riding their scooter five miles an hour? <laughs> and the thing I worry about is if anybody buys a scooter based on that on a spec sheet review and then expects it to go that far so they can get to work it's like it's totally not going to work for them and that's that's the thing i guess that bugs me about quoting maximum range like that and it's not verifying it so yeah um, anyway it's just another reason why testing is so so important and uh i feel like i always feel you know when we're doing it it's just like so important to get it right so all right well Sweet. thanks everybody for for tuning in and uh as Mitchell says, we'll uh, we'll see you in the next one. See you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs>